Hello, good morning, good evening. Welcome along to another match build-up show as this time Saints are back at St Mary's to play Saturday night football with Manchester United in front of the BT Sport cameras. Now, first of all, uh, my apologies why this episode is late. Now, basically, this week has been the busiest week of my life. I've hardly had any time to edit, film, upload, and the rest, so this is why it's out on Friday evening. But this week, I do manage to squeeze some time to speak to our stateside friend, and we cap a magnificent Movember month with Matt Markstone from the SFC Delivery. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really promise to be a, a real thriller, I guess. United have shown the tendency to be able to come back from a, uh, being down from a deficit. Uh, we've shown the ability to throw away a lead, so maybe that's in there somewhere. But uh, you just have to hope that we can, like you said, pull some something from this EFL Cup match uh, and take it into in, into the weekend. But and we also get the thoughts from our counterparts this weekend from Fan Channel's Perfect Partridge. The United stands send their thoughts over ahead of the weekend. But actually, most United fans would say we've been pretty poor since January and it's just been a continuation. We weren't that bad last season up until around Christmas time, but then from uh, January, like I say, to now, it's, got, it's gone over two seasons. The summer transfer window was a bit of a waste of time. But generally, um, we don't know our best 11. We don't know our best philosophy. Um, the football is drab and when we win games it tends to be grinding them out like it was against Young Boys. And as usual then the episode is available to download in the card above my head if you're watching on YouTube or available on most audio platforms in the links below. And as a bonus this week do stay tuned until the end of the episode to find out how you can enter our competition to win one of these limited edition arts or football canvases of Matthew Letizier striking against Manchester United in 1996 against those infamous grey kits. So find out how you can take part at the end of the show. So let's get on with our episode and as Saints are playing Manchester United. So welcome along to our first half, then our part of our match build-up show. And what better way to finish our November campaign with what is truly a magnificent Mo joining us all the way from California, Matt Markstone from the SFC Delivery Podcast. Thanks for coming by, mate. Oh, no, my, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. First of all, I want to say is congratulations on, on reaching the 100 episodes of your podcast. You're almost there at the time of this recording. Uh, and I think it, it really should be sort of highlighted your effort and your dedication, waking up at pretty much sort of 5 a.m. every single morning. And in most cases, to be regularly disappointed and, and let down by Saints to really start your day in, in the worst possible ways. And, you know, it's great also that you find out a fan to speak to pretty much every single week. So big congratulations, mate. Uh, I appreciate that, Freddie. And, um, you know, you've been on the show a number of times. You've been a huge help in, in getting it started. And I, I know that early on it was, uh, you know, there's a little bit of nerves and a little bit of, of hesitancy maybe to reach out to people. But you and, and the rest of the people in the community have been great. And uh, it wouldn't be possible without you know, everybody else helping and coming on the show. And uh, it's been uh, the best part of of the of watching the team, actually, over the past couple of seasons has been just getting to talk with everybody and um, sometimes my kids do appreciate when we're on an international break and I'm, I'm in a better mood, maybe on a Saturday morning, but it's, uh, overall it's been all right. Well, it is, it is a great episode and really do keep it up because I'm sure a lot, of us, a lot of us do appreciate it. So and hopefully this weekend, the fixture will be a little bit more kind to you, a little bit more suitable for you, you know, 5.30 kickoff our time, 9.30 your time. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, it'll be, uh, 
we'll get some stuff done around the house, probably decorate the Christmas tree beforehand. And then, uh, you know, be able to sit down and watch the match and everybody will be around. So I won't have to watch it, you know, by myself before the sun comes up. All right. Well, I suppose we better get into our sort of, uh, our review preview, uh, this week. I mean, at the time of recording, I better say this disclaimer, we are recording this on Tuesday night. So, uh, before, well, before the end of the Leicester game, we're currently recording at the time, uh, Saints have just kicked off against Leicester. So we'll start off, uh, briefly with Fulham and let's say fragilities, you know, is it almost went entirely to script and, you know, predictable once again. And it seems like Mark Hughes is playing uh, Phil Connors from Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's uh, like you said, it, it went exactly how you would have scripted it out. Uh, it, it, and we've seen it before. You know, we go ahead, uh, we sit back a little bit and then we we get punished. And uh, it was just the individual kind of mistakes defensively were really what what cost us in a game where we had you know, over 60% possession, a number of chances created. We weren't clinical enough at one end and we were, we were just porous at the other end. And, um, I don't know, it, it, it is one of those things where you, you kind of get tired of talking about it each and every week because it's just, there's nothing new to say. Um, and then you have real questions about people being selected. And then at least tonight, uh, you know, as we see the lineups, the, the, that's a, that's a heavily changed lineup, both Hoot and Cedric are out, uh, on the bench. So we'll see kind of how they're, their replacements kind of fair and see if they get uh, some Premier League game time possibly. Yeah, well, at, at the weekend, obviously, Ryan Bertrand was suspended. He sat out the, you know, the game at Fulham. But it's also been a lack of leadership, a lack of culpability on the pitch. But, you know, Mark Hughes seems to be pointing the blame at anything and everything but himself. And, you know, a couple of positives come out from the weekend. You know, uh, Two well-taken goals from Armstrong. You know, he's due some credit to actually, you know, he's, he's due some time to run in the first team too. And also... You know, it has to be said, Pierre Mouhoyberg finally takes the captaincy and he retained it on Tuesday night in the Cup. Yeah, uh, those are, like you said, those are probably the two brightest spots. And I would say kind of our whole midfield looked pretty good. Like the Mina and Hoiberg are really working together uh, much better than they were. When we go back to West Ham last year, uh, they look terrible uh, together. So they are, that partnership's there. But Hoiberg being the captain, um, we were talking uh, this weekend on the latest episode of the show where, where Dan James said, if you watch Hoiberg during games, he is out there directing traffic, even if he's not wearing the armband. And that to me, uh, that along with the fact that he seems to be the guy that comes in and after a tough loss is in front of the camera and is talking, uh, to us, to the fans, to the media and all that stuff like that, that's the leadership that I would like to see from the club. And I think that if there's any fans out there that are upset by the fact that he's the captain, um, I haven't heard them. And I, and I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I think it's also fair to say that we adore his honesty. You know, when he comes out, when we've, we've been comprehensively beaten, embarrassed, humiliated, etc., and he comes out and says it straight. And and we love seeing him. You know, as you say, Dan said, it, directing traffic. And I think maybe those qualities is what he picked up playing at Bayern Munich. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he would have seen some of those players around him that that just command that respect. And and I think he should start to see himself in that in that in that regard now. And uh, hopefully it continues to move forward. Uh, I, I have to think that when Bertrand comes back, he will be giving the armband back. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe this is, you know, as Bertrand starts, maybe moves on or whatever happens, maybe Hoiberg is, is next in line for that because I think he's, he's well suited for it. And I think you could also draw back on the time that Ryan Bertrand, when he inherited the captaincy, you know, as well, Stephen Davis was suspended, injured whilst he was away from the first team. It also seems like a chance that, for Hoiberg to retain the, the armband going forward under, you know, what could be an inheritance and under circumstances. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, if he keeps putting himself about the way he's doing and the way he's performing on the pitch, um, I was actually surprised to see him, uh, in the lineup tonight, figured he might be saved for the weekend, but, um, he's out there and he's, he's doing his thing and that's what we, that's what we need. So, uh, I'm hoping that, uh, he will retain it maybe a little bit. Um, and if not, instead of Bertrand, maybe every time that Bertrand is, uh, is unavailable for some reason that it goes directly to Hoiberg. Uh, instead of somebody like she did nothing against him. It's just, it's a different kind of leadership out there. Yeah. And it has to be said that, you know, Stephen Davis and Mary Yoshida, they're hardly getting a look in, but having said that, you know, Yoshida actually played his time against Fulham and he's back in this side again at Leicester. So perhaps Hoiberg has overtaken him in the, uh, in the pecking order, let's say. Absolutely. The, the other thing you pointed out was that Armstrong had uh, a, a good game and it's nice to see him back in the lineup tonight as well. Uh, I think that coming off playing two matches for Scotland uh, and playing well and performing well and just being able to carry that directly over into a Premier League where, uh, match where he was able to score, uh, I think that now he needs to be kind of given that role. And if we can play a formation that allows him to to, to be in the middle of the park and, uh, and, and do what he can do, I think that's going to be great for, for us and for him. Yeah, and he scored quite a few goals under Brendan Rodgers, of course, being linked around for our managerial role uh you know uh, i think armstrong scored about 20 goals when they went unbeaten that season for celtic mm-hmm. so i think he certainly needs a run on the side and you know two goals at the moment has certainly helped his confidence but i suppose we better turn our attention a little bit to the to the carabao cup the efl cup league cup yeah six six changes to the, to the squad on tuesday night two notable selections in Jan Valery, you know, being promoted from the youth team, the under-23 setup, playing earlier on this week, uh, uh, later on last week, I think, with Jaidi. And Obafemi gets his first start um, in, a, in a red and white shirt. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, we've talked about kind of the absence of a, of a right back to kind of challenge Cedric. Um, so I think Valerie getting the, the opportunity and it, uh, judging from the, the way the lineup looks, it's going to be uh, as a wing back, which I think will suit him well. Um, I think that is, that's good. That's what Cedric needs. He needs a little bit of, of somebody to push him because right now he's perhaps a little bit too comfortable, uh, in his role as the only kind of right back. Cause if you look at, at maybe whether it's Jan Badnerak or Jack Stevens, they're just, they're just not the same type of player. So, uh, to have Valerie come in from the youth team, um, you know, maybe that's a positive from, from, from Hughes to have two youth team players now, uh, taking part and for Obafemi, this is his chance to kind of show, uh, what he's got because he's been given kind of a brief couple of brief cameos. He did miss a couple of opportunities uh, against Fulham. And I think some people were, were upset about that, but uh, the truth is, is he's not even 20 years old. He's on a big stage. He's coming in, putting himself about. And uh, if, if I could just kind of capture how he handled that little run in with the goalkeeper um, late on in the Fulham match where he didn't back down and he didn't kind of explode. He just kind of held his nerve uh, allowed the referee to do what it does. I, I think he was unfair to get booked there, but uh, all of that I think was what shows he's he's pretty mature and he's ready to to, to challenge for for a spot in the team, and he's done that now. Yeah, and I hope that uh, Cedric has finally had a wake up call. He came out to the press after the Fulham match and said that he knew Saints side would lose, go on to lose, and you know that really sort of summarizes the mentality, the fragilities, like we said at the top of the show the team at the moment and I think you know Cedric himself has been complacent because like you say there hasn't been any competition so I suppose any any positives to uh, to come uh, from this selection you know it should be a little, a little bit of a, a wake-up call for Cedric. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, making a couple of changes won't change the, uh, I guess the mentality of the team. And if he is, if he feels comfortable enough to say that out loud, uh, we can only kind of imagine what, what the dressing room or what the mood in the dressing room is like. And, uh, to be honest, I don't, I'm not sure a new manager changes that. I'm not sure a new director of football changes that or anything else. It's going to be tough to kind of, uh, to, to figure that out. And I don't, I don't have an answer for that, but I hope that, um, you know, maybe some of the teammates will have heard that and say like, maybe that's not true. And that's only him. And he needs to, to kind of sort that out, but we'll, uh, we'll see. And hopefully this will be the wake up call that he needs. Cause he can be, uh, in, in spurts, if you watch him for Portugal and you even in, in parts for us, he's been great going forward, but it's the defensive kind of frailty that, uh, you know, Sessignan exploited there yeah. uh, on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely highlighted at the weekend, you know, turned inside out by Ryan Sessegnon, but somehow find himself, as Cedric found himself high up the pitch with a little back hill to set up Stuart Armstrong's second goal. So he blows hot and cold at the moment. So it remains to be seen what happens with him. But I, I suppose our attention better look to to, uh, to Manchester United this weekend um, after we can only assume that Obafemi and the team have, have gone through with flying colours and Obafemi scored a hat-trick on Tuesday night and uh, we can bounce into Saturday with some positivity. But Man United, they come to town and uh, they're not the team they used to be. No, I mean, they're, they're sitting seventh in the table, I think. They have a negative goal difference. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, it's a tumultuous time at, at Old Trafford, I would say. And a lot of people... Uh, are tired of, of Mourinho. A lot of people are, are questioning kind of the decisions he's making. And, and uh, you hear United fans talk that their team isn't much fun to watch and you kind of hear them. And we, I can, I can agree with them because we've been through that with, with saints over the past couple of seasons where it's uh, we've gone from a team that has been exciting and, and things like that to now us just kind of being one of those teams that um, it, it just aren't that exciting. Weren't creating chances the last couple of seasons and things like that. So, um, it is going to be it. I mean, it, it doesn't really promise to be a, a real thriller, I guess. Um, United have shown the tendency to be able to come back from, a, uh, being down from a deficit. Uh, we've shown the ability to throw away a lead. So maybe that's in there somewhere, but, uh, you just have to hope that we can, like you said, pull some, something from this EFL cup match, uh, and take it into, in, into the weekend. But, uh, I, I won't say that I'm, I'm uh, super positive or uh, I'm not really anticipating that, I guess. It sounds to me you're writing the script already for Saturday. I don't want to, but uh, <laughs> if the Premier League would like to pay me to write the script, I, I, I have this one. I can just copy from last week. So, Well, uh, hopefully there isn't copy and paste and hopefully there is a twist in the tail. But, you know, uh, it is, it was, we all need to get behind the team on Saturday, though. Uh, and, you know, perhaps Man United are, are perhaps fragile themselves at the moment. And, and what are we going for then as a score prediction, mate? I, I can't say the Saints are going to lose, so I'm going to have to go 2-1 Saints. Um, but uh, I was just looking at some of the stuff and I think at home it's been since like 2011, since we've gotten a result at home against them. So I'm not hundred percent positive, but I am going to go two one saints because, um, I, I can't say, I can't predict that we're going to lose. I just can't bring myself to do it. All right. Well, I think it will buy Mark you some time as well. And also go into Spurs on Wednesday night uh, and just tell everybody where we can find your hundred, your hundredth episode of the SFC delivery podcast. Yeah, so uh, 100th episode will be out in uh, not this week after United, but uh, after the Cardiff City trip. And uh, it's it's available. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to find it. It's at S-F-C-D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y. It's the same on Instagram. And uh, yeah, the episodes come out every Tuesday. Uh, bit of an issue this morning with Google uh, uh, Google Podcasts, but other than that, it's all, everything's going out there. So uh, thanks for having me on, Freddie. I appreciate it. All right, great stuff. And uh, Matt, we'll catch up again soon, mate. Thanks for joining us. 
No problem. Hello, I'm Mark Goldbridge from the United Stand Manchester United YouTube channel. Uh, fantastic to be on Ugly Inside, uh, giving my thoughts on Manchester United ahead of this game against Southampton. The sack race, as some are calling it, Mourinho versus Mark Hughes, Manchester United versus Southampton. I've been asked to answer a few questions uh, in relation to it from a United perspective. So how bad has United's 2018 actually been? Um, well, taking the 2018 as a whole, so from probably, yeah, the start, January the 1st, because that's when a year normally starts, although football years are obviously September. I think it's a, it's a great, great question because I think if you looked at United this season from August, we've been poor. But actually, most United fans would say we've been pretty poor since January and it's just been a continuation. We weren't that bad last season up until around Christmas time. But then from uh, January, like I say, to now, it's, got, it's gone over two seasons. The summer transfer window was a bit of a waste of time. But generally, um, we don't know our best 11. We don't know our philosophy. Um, the football is, is drab. And when we win games, it tends to be grinding them out like it was against young boys. So, yeah, you know, by Manchester United standards, and I think you should always have levels to things, you know, Cardiff City's level is to try and scam a stay in the Premier League, isn't it? To me, Southampton, probably a bit of a mid-table team, although not recently. And for Manchester United, they should be challenging for titles. And we are a long, long way off that. So, yeah, uh, re relatively speaking, a very bad 2018 for Manchester United under Jose Mourinho. Next question. Why have United's goals dried up? Manchester United no longer have the fear factor. Um, I don't think I think Manchester United are a bit of a wounded animal anyway. And that was inevitable after Sir Alex Ferguson left. Um, it's funny because you get into grooves of things, don't you? It, you know, you know, you, you know what dinners you like, you know what route you want to take to work. And as a Manchester United fan, you expect when Crystal Palace or Fulham or, or, or even Southampton come to Old Trafford, you expect that to be a two or three nil win because that's what happened for over twenty years under Sir Alex Ferguson. Obviously, that's changed. Then that's a readjustment. But I think it's I think it's dropped off a cliff too much. I think clubs. You know, probably thought, oh, we've got a bit of a chance at Old Trafford now. Sir Alex Ferguson's there, but now I think six years on, they think, well, we've got a real chance. They're, they're genuinely not a good team, so the fear factor is definitely gone. And we, we, you know, we've been masters of our own downfall in relation to that. Um, with regards to goals drying up, I think that's a very different thing. Although they're both intertwined, I think the goals have dried up because the football we play it, it is so slow. It's it's pedestrian. We don't press the ball. We don't move the ball quickly. I mean, you've got someone like Matic and Fellaini in your midfield. These are players who want to take two or three touches before they play a five-yard pass sideways. Um, and football's very simple, isn't it? You know, if you move the ball quickly from back to front, then you're going to cause people problems. I used to play as a centre-back myself, and the thing I didn't like was the quick ball. Because if you've got a quick striker and they hit a quick ball... You know, you've not got time yourself. You, you haven't got time to set yourself. And if you are a football team and you play in Manchester United, you know they're never going to move the ball quickly so everyone can get back into place quickly, which makes you a better defensive unit. You look at Liverpool, you look at Man City, they move the ball quickly, they stretch teams, and that's why they score a lot of goals. What I would say about Manchester United and the goals drying up, that is why we're very, very pragmatic. Um, and for an opposition... Um, I think if you are a team that wants to give 100% and be tenacious... That can be the undoing of United at the moment. Uh, next question. A lot of noise around the league and pressure on Mourinho to be sacked early this season. Has that subsided? Um, I th you know, I, I've always been Jose Mourinho in and, and doing the United stand. I mean, I remember after the Sevilla game in the Champions League last March, 
uh, around April time, people were getting very, very, very fed up with him. And a lot of people started to turn on Mourinho then. Uh, my stance was over the summer. Let's just see. You know, he's got to change his style of play. You can't be a Manchester United fan manager and, and park the bus. I really believed over the summer he would make changes to that we st- and it's not happened and I think it was after the West Ham game which is uh, comforting for Southampton fans because we went to West Ham expecting to win we got played off the park and they beat us 3-1 so anybody can beat Manchester United Brighton as well um, So and that was when I sort of became Mourinho out there was a big push then around the Newcastle game that we thought he was going to be gone uh, obviously people like Gary Neville came out and defended him the club stick by him and I believe that the club are sticking by him now but the reality is, I would say there is a good 70% of Manchester United fans who want him gone, maybe more. Um, and I think a lot of that's just to do with the style of football. Um, he's not a Manchester United manager. I've got a lot of respect for Jose Mourinho uh, and his Wikipedia page of, uh, of honours. But I do think it's a historical Wikipedia page now. I think he's. I think football's moved on. Um, and I don't think he's going to ever win a Premier League title with anybody again, um, unless football changes back to this pragmatic football that he's the master of. So no, I don't think it's subsided. I think there's a lot of uh, United fans who would like him to to go. And I think if he loses to Southampton tomorrow, I, I would be I would be really thinking, why is he still here? Why is he still here? Um, defensive injuries and approach on Saturday. Um, we do have uh, injuries. Um, Alexis Sanchez is another injury, which I think. For me personally, I know he's not set the world on fire, but he always gives a lot of effort. Um, he is a good player, and I think we're weaker without him, despite him obviously not hitting the heights we hoped he was going to do. So I think Sanchez is a loss. Um, he's, he's a thinking person's loss, really. I, I would be much happier with Sanchez as part of the squad, even if he's coming off the bench, because Rashford and Martial can be a bit inconsistent. Who are you bringing off the bench if you haven't got Sanchez? Um, Lindelof's a big loss. You know, Lindelof's been, you know, potentially a flop for United, but this season he's been played consistently and I would applaud Mourinho there. I think he's got the wrong centre-back partnership, but at least he's played a centre-back partnership in Smalling and Lindelof. Lindelof injured now, uh, probably till Christmas, and he's been absolutely fantastic this last few weeks. You know, two games against Ronaldo played really well as well. So he, he is a loss. Probably see Phil Jones coming in. He, he's always got a mistake in him, especially if he's wearing his pink boots. So, yeah, I mean, look, there are, there are opportunities for Southampton there. I just think Southampton, like I would say about any opposition, if you take your chances against Manchester United, you can win games. But my warning would be Brighton did it, West Ham did it, Bournemouth should have done it a few weeks ago. They had so many chances. Even Mourinho himself said we could have been 4-0 down at half-time. Um, they didn't take the chances and then we, we scraped the win at the end. So you've got to take your chances against Manchester United. You will get them. If you play in the right way, you've got to take your chances. Prediction-wise, I probably think that United will win, but it depends. I don't know enough about Southampton. If Southampton are up for it, they treat it like the cup final teams tend to do against Manchester United. I think you've got to be aggressive. You've got to move the ball quick and you've got to swarm all over us and our heads will drop if we go 1-0 down. That tends to what happened with United. And and stay switched on to the end because United always do tend to finish well. But I just think Mourinho, I said this yesterday on our show, he is like the manager who's always being pushed off the cliff, but he's clearly got an elastic uh, band around his waist because he comes bouncing back with a smile. And I think that the, the game tomorrow, whenever he's on the edge of being sacked, he always pulls a result out. And I think tomorrow he will get that result because if he was to lose tomorrow, I think, how do you stay in a job? So I think United will win it or it'll be a draw. Um, but I'm interested. I, I really do hope that Southampton played well tomorrow because if we beat a team that plays well, 
then that obviously that's something for us to build on. What I don't really want us to do is win by grinding it out against a team that doesn't play very well and we're a little bit lucky again. I think that's tiresome. We need to see some good football. So I hope it's a good game. Saturday night, you know, I hope it's a good game. Anyway, thanks for all that. So once again, a massive thanks then to Matt Markstone from the SFC Delivery Podcast with a magnificent Mo. What a way to cap Movember. And be sure to head back in a week or so's time for his 100th episode. And what a dedication from Matt. Waking up at five o'clock every match day and speaking to a fan every single week. So well done, mate, and keep it going. So here it is then, our competition. And here's how you can enter to win one of these limited edition arts of football canvas of Matt Letizier striking against Manchester United nearly 22 years ago. Now, the game was 3-1 to Saints. And uh, sometimes people get it mixed up with the 6-3, but it was 3-1. Now, to enter, all you have to do is tell me one of the goal scorers for Southampton. Let me know in the comments below. The uh, voting will close, uh, let's say, for the Tottenham match build-up show. And I'll reveal it, um, the winner, in that episode. So if you want to enter, do head over to our social pages to enter your name as well. And just tell me who scored in that match. So that wraps it up then for this week's episode. Do let me know how you think Saints are going to get on against Manchester United. I think it's overdue that we need to get some points from a top side. Can it happen this weekend? Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.